political musings, we mix our politics with music and we learn a little bit about the music and the artists while we're at it and how those artists are activists. I have a special treat today because the song you just heard was a song by my guest today, Chase West. Chase West is running for Texas State House District 132 in the Houston area. Welcome to the show, Chase. Hey, thanks for having me. Shalom and like Can you tell me a little bit about the song we just heard? Um, well, so as you might figure out, I'm kind of a rocker. Uh, I've always been kind of uh, marching to the beat of my own drum and I like for some reason, I like dark sounding songs. I like stuff that evokes emotion uh, because I feel like it reaches out to the people that need to be reached out to, to show them that they're not alone, uh, that other people have gone through depression or, uh, you know, uh, abuse or whatever it may be that, that, you know, people have gone through uh, because music can be taken so many different ways. Um, so that was really what made me start with music was just to reach out and uh, let people run along. Um, you're in a band. What's the name of your band? Uh, well, it wasn't in a band. Uh, it was called a Sin Camino, which is Spanish for without a path. Okay, so but you're not in a band anymore. No, no, I just uh, run the... I started a uh, commercial recording studio um, and that's been going strong for eight years and uh, my mom's actually in the hospital right now so I'm actually also helping manage her law firm uh, for right now so that's uh, where I am uh, if uh, I seem kind of cl you know clustered uh, it's because I'm doing a lot of stuff right now along with politics so are you attorney an attorney yourself uh, I am not, um, which is why I'm just managing it. Um, I'm helping to manage it. Um, she's she's still the uh, the owner, uh, but I might as well be. I help her. I helped her, you know, test for the uh, LSAT, you know, uh, so I know all the answers to the questions. <laughs> but no, I'm not one. Tell me a little bit about your district. And before you do that, let me just remind folks, if you're listening on Facebook Live and you want to hear all the great music that we play, go over to FBRN, that's Fishbowl Radio Network, FBRN.us.us. And there you can hear all the great music as well as the conversation. Now... Tell me a little bit about your district. So my district, two years ago before the great gerrymandering, uh, was about R plus two. Um, and my uh, representative was on the uh, gerrymandering board or the commission, whatever you want to call it. And he knew where I lived. And so he cut four blocks out of my neighborhood and made them and, and this was in Katy and he made them which Katy is West Houston 
for because I know this is a North North uh, Texas uh, show. So, uh, Katie is is very far west Houston, and he basically added us to a very liberal district uh, that is like part of central Houston. <laughs> it was it was nuts. Uh, but then, so I stayed with my parents for a little while who were still in his district. And then I bought a house in the district so that, uh, you know, I could continue to run in 132 because he is the one that I want to unseat. And that's, that's what you got to do, I guess, sometimes to get things done. Mm -hmm. Well, what do you do? What is your background besides music? I have a lot of backgrounds. Uh, like there's, I'm one of those guys. That, yeah, there's, there's, there's not much that I won't try. Um, you know, I, I, I was a theater nerd in uh, high school, uh, Texas academic decathlon. Um, I taught myself Latin in junior high. I learned Spanish by working at Sonic for three years. Uh, when I was 16, um, man, uh, I've been for eight years, I was an EMS dispatcher. Um, I like helping people. Uh, I was an accountant for four years and I've just really been a musician, like a multi-musician for most of my life, a good three and a half decades. So that's always kind of what I've fallen back on. And now you have a studio, a music studio. Yes. Yes. We've had it for eight years. So that I guess is the, the majority of your time is, is with that music studio. You know, luckily enough, I have a great crew that works there. So I really only have to worry about making sure everyone gets paid and all the bills are paid. Um, if there's a client that asks for me to be the producer, you know, yeah, I'll gladly be there, but luckily that's what allows me to kind of run this campaign without having to worry about it. Cause they do such a good job there. So I'm very thankful for that. I think a lot of people don't appreciate how important that is that running for office takes an enormous amount of time and energy, but then you have to consider here in Texas, if you get elected, mm -hmm. then you're going to be in Austin for six to nine months. And if you have other jobs, I, I, I remember helping a candidate back in 2014 and I said to her, what, have you thought about what would happen if you got elected? Because this other job that you're doing for, she was a, 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 a manager at, at JCPenney's. Uh -huh. um, she made sure that there was, you know, kind of back office stuff. Right, right. And um, I, you, you're going to have to be away for a good six months. How is, how is that going to work? Um, I mean, I think it's going to work just fine. Um, you know, I think that's the it, advantage of your, your music studio being able to run itself is that you have that definitely, time. Definitely. And, 
there's there's tons of housing for uh, you know people that work on Capitol Hill, uh, Texas senators and legislators. Um, so that's kind of the norm. Um, the only thing that I got to find is uh, one that will allow me to take my two rascal dogs with me, and uh, I'll be fine. I mean, you know, I plan to come back on weekends, stuff like that, you know, as I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also plan to uh, do town halls pretty regularly if I can, uh, just because I don't want to be that, that representative who no one knows and or no, no one doesn't know how to get a hold of me. And I want people to know what we're talking about in the legislature, like what's going on, what what bills are you know being passed, and the, people don't go online and you know look through the just piles and piles and piles of amendments and this and that and this and that. Uh, so I want to be that guy that actually brings politics to the masses instead of making them search for really boring stuff. <laughs> Well, and, and it is so very time-consuming, and I, I appreciate you taking time out of your campaign day to to speak with me. Of As course, I said, this this show we combine the music, and the music for this show is your music. The next song we're going to hear is called "Opened Up." Can you tell me a little bit about that before we hear it? Um, so. Um, I have not had the best luck in relationships. Uh, I've been divorced twice. And uh, basically since 2000, uh, it was due to infidelity on the other side. I'll leave it at that. Uh, So this one is basically, you know, me, you know, kind of opening up about, you know, how that feels. Um, and there's always little Easter eggs in all my songs, but it's always weird hearing them, uh, to their full extent. (laughs) All right. Well, let's hear from our guest, Chase West, running for Texas House District, um, 132, west of Houston in the Katy area. This is opened up by Chase West, Chase West.
That was great. What a great song. I want to bring up a couple of things. First of all, I want to thank you for running. I don't think people understand just what a commitment that is of your time and your money and how much effort it takes. We have an issue here where I live up in North Texas. Right. I live in the district currently represented by Ronnie Jackson in uh, the in the US House. Uh-huh. Uh that district goes from the Dallas Fort Worth area, north side of it, all the way to Colorado. Amarillo all that there are 38 different texas counties in my congressional district and Mm -hmm. there is no one on the democratic side running against ronnie jackson who this weekend we learned was handing out fentanyl and ketamine like candy wow wow it's really one of the horrible things about the way that it's gerrymandered, I mean, I understand that gerrymandering has to happen uh, just because of census data, but I don't think it should be up to the legislature to do so. I think it should be done by a third party that, you know, will do it without, you know, saying, oh, well, the Hispanics are over here and they're not going to vote for me, so I'm going to put them in a different, you know, it, it should be done by a third party. Uh, I think that's the most fair way to do it. And, you know, people will still be mad because people like to be mad. But, uh, yeah, you, when, when you get things like that, uh, we have a, uh, a lady, amazing person, uh, Laura Jones. She's running for uh, Congress District 7. And... Most of her most of her area is in what's is Montgomery County, and it is very red. Uh, but then some of it comes down all the way to Katy, which is about an hour and a half away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like it doesn't make sense. It, and all of these different gerrymandered districts mm-hmm. don't make sense unless you look at who gerrymandered them, and then it's like oh. Okay, it makes sense now. Well, for most of the time that I have lived in North Texas, which is since 1998, I have lived in Congressional District 26, currently represented by Michael Burgess, who is not running for re-election. Now, my district encompassed most of Denton County and a little bit of Tarrant County, which is Fort Worth. That makes sense. For me, uh, I I looked at it. I have friends who live in the Bay Area, the San Francisco Bay Area, right? Uh, An equivalent would be for them to be in the same congressional district as Los Angeles. (laughs) That's how far away it is. You know, if it, Cleveland to um, Chicago, right. if they were in the same congressional district, that's how wide and far this goes. 
Yeah. Uh, now, I mean, I will say I do I do understand it for Texas and like states like Alaska. Well, Alaska doesn't really have any people, but uh, I mean, they have people, but not many. But for a state like Texas being as big as we are, I understand that we have to have some much larger districts because when you get into the, the you know, urban areas, the districts are relatively small. Uh, but when you, when you take in Texas as a whole, we have a huge rural uh, you know, agricultural center that you know, they do deserve re- representation as well. It's just the way that they fit in that other uh, part of it that, you know, really makes it hard for Democrats to get elected in Texas. Yeah, I mean, this was this was gerrymandered to hell and back in, in 2021. It's just insane. But that we've got out of 38 counties, wasn't there one Democratic Party chair that could cajole one person to run <laughs> you know that, that that's another thing and, and, and I, I will say i will say it live you know on camera recorded whatever the democratic party is not organized how we should be um we're we we have a, we have a lot of work to do and we're you know, sitting here chasing these swing states and we continue to just talk to our base. We don't dare talk to a Republican because, you know, we don't want them to hurt our feelings. Uh, I'm quite the opposite. Uh, I seek out Republicans and I want to know what their, I want to know what their issues are. And I tell them, I'm like, listen, I'm not trying to, to, to swing you. I'm not trying to get your pup, your sign, my, my sign in your yard. I just want to know what it is that that you know, makes you tick. What what are your issues? And I actually had one neighbor who uh, invited me to their uh, was it their uh, I guess their Republican meeting, which is uh, right at the end of my street. So they have to pass seven of my yard signs to get to. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, he actually invited me to it and uh, told me he was going to call me for coffee. And, you know, we just talk, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's what we need more of, uh, because right now we are so divided and, you know, anyone who says anything democratic, like it's like, Oh, you, you you love Biden and the Biden crime family, all this nonsense, but it's not like that. You know, we're all individuals and we all have our own individual issues that, you know, affect us more personally than others which is why I seek out as many Republicans as I can just to talk to, not, not, to, not to switch over, just to talk to, because that, that will allow me when I'm elected to better represent everyone in my district as opposed to just representing the base. Because the base is gonna vote for you regardless. Well, I, I think that's really important. I, I do want to briefly touch on the former guy mm-hmm. uh, because it covers an issue near and dear to my heart, and that is the issue of dementia. Both of my parents died with Alzheimer's. The 
I, I'm just going to read you a quote. Okay. This is from the former guy. There's only about 2% in this room that could do it. He's complaining. He's saying that the dementia tests that they administer on a regular basis to people with dementia is very difficult. Well, it's difficult if you have dementia. So by saying only two people in the 2% in the room could pass it, he's saying 98% of his supporters have dementia. That's an interesting flex. Saying I mean, honestly, <laughs> every flex that he has done in the last, I don't know, six years or so has been very interesting. <laughs> uh, I, I really, I don't know how we got here. Um, you know, I knew that he was running and I was saying, okay, well, he's, you know, obviously he's not uh, mentally capable of running a country uh, since he's bankrupted several businesses and, you know, all of this stuff. And, you know, he's just, he's just not, overall not good guy. He's uh, not a good person. And then he goes, yeah. Then he goes and calls Ted Cruz's wife ugly and Cruz is like, oh, thank you, sir. Can I have another? <laughs> I don't know if you uh, remember uh, when Beto was running, I guess it was six years ago, against, against Ted Cruz, Sonny Carl Davis recorded a commercial for him where he took on the persona of a character he was in a, in a movie called Bernie that starred Jack Black and Shirley MacLaine. It, Sonny Carl Davis played one of the townspeople sort of talking about the events that was this was all based on actual events in East Texas and right. um, uh, I just remember at the end of the commercial Sonny looking into the camera and saying come on Ted <laughs> saying you know you insult my wife. We don't just let that slide. We take you out back by the woodshed. Yeah. It, it was a very Canadian response that he gave. <laughs> Sorry to the Canadians watching. <laughs> but no, I mean, he, he, he's just, he's out of control. And some of the interviews I've seen him do, like, I, I'm no doctor, but I mean, it feels like he has dementia himself. Oh. Um, you know, I'm not saying that, that, you know, Biden looks like, like he's, he's totally with it. Uh, I don't have a problem with it. And I do really enjoy not having to turn on the TV and have a circus sideshow on my, on my TV every night. Um, but yeah, every, Lately, every single interview I've seen with Trump has just been a complete circus, uh, just like when he was president. And I, I really, I don't, I don't think our country can deal with another four years. I mean, this guy's talking about wanting to be a dictator for a day. No, that's not good enough for him. Uh, if he gets, a, if he gets a taste of it for a day, trust me, he's gonna want it for a long time. 
Well, we're going to hear another one of your songs. This one is called Arrhythmia. Can you tell me a little bit about it before we hear it? Uh, yeah, I had a, uh, a friend in high school, and he actually got addicted to uh, opioids. And he ended up, uh, he had basically died in his sleep, uh, and his girlfriend uh, noticed that he was like, you know, breathing real heavily. And they called 911 just in time for them to shoot Narcan in, in his throat and saved his life. Um, so it was kind of an ode to him. Well, we're going to hear that. And then we come, when we come back, I've got a special guest that's going to join us. Esther Davis, who has the show on Fishbowl right after mine. But right. while we're setting that up, here is Arrhythmia from Chase West, my guest today.
Texas House District 132, which is West Houston and Kate, the Katy area. And we are joined now by my friend Esther Davis, who, ha who hosts the Esther Davis Show, which comes on on Fishbowl just after this show. Right. Welcome. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for asking me to stop by a little bit earlier. I should get here earlier. But I'm right <laughs> after your show, as you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Now, you just said a minute ago that you have family. And Katie. And Katie. In fact, uh, I have a grandson that teaches at one of the high schools. His name is Jonathan Chandler. Okay. And, uh, he is, he's enjoying it, I think. I hear from him pretty regular. I think he's a coach and uh, does, uh, does something with basketball, but he's about six foot. Jonathan Chandler. He's going to be delighted that I talked to somebody from Katie. <laughs> right. uh, wow. He didn't start at uh, Morton Ranch, did he? No, he actually graduated from Katie High School. Well, yeah, that's where I graduated from, but okay, I'm, wondering, I'm wondering where he's coaching at. I think it's Katie Middle School. Okay. 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 Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I is going to just give me your name again. My name is Chase West. Hi, and he Chase is West. in my area. Uh, he is in your area. Chase, I'm going to send him a message as soon as possible. Yeah, he's oh, my uh, I have my I have a grandson and the grand the grandson is not quite a year yet. So, uh -huh. uh, I call him John John, but he's really busy. He's he told me this joke one time after the baby was born and uh, the baby stayed in place, you know how babies are. So finally, the baby made turned over and he just had a fit. He says, yeah, he doesn't stay where I put him any longer. I said, oh, you just stay tuned. He's got some moves for you. You're not gonna forget. <laughs> no, but Chase, thank you so much for that. I will, I will tell you, I will tell him about my conversation with you. Awesome, awesome. It's a pleasure meeting you. You too. Well now, about a month ago, mm -hmm. almost almost exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we lost a, a lion of the Congress from North Texas, Eddie Bernice Johnson. Correct. Yeah. And Eddie Bernice Johnson happened to be a friend 
She Esther's. was a friend of mine. Actually, I did a lot of things for her over the 20, of the 36 years she was in Congress. She was one of, the, uh, one of these people that engaged you in all of her activities. Well, in fact, I'm in her district. I live in a, the District 30 is uh, Cedar Crest, Oak Cliff, a large portion of Dallas. So I live in the Cedar Crest area. And she lived in the Cedar Crest area. She and her husband had a child, and they about a block over from where we live at the moment. So I've known her probably her entire 30, <laughs> 30 years in Congress. It's been wow. a pleasure. Tell me a little bit about her work. And was she involved in the Civil Rights Movement? Oh, gosh, yes. Everybody. She is a friend of all of the older civil rights leaders, and I'm going to mention um, Zan Holmes. He was a professor at SMU, but he was also pastor of the United Methodist Church. So all of those people um, from the beginning, Benjamin Hooks, um, I can name all of the attorneys at that time during the civil rights movements. I was in college and working for a law firm. So I'll come into the law firm to work as a volunteer and the movement started in the 60s, and she was there. Now, she's a registered nurse, so in these early, early days, she actually worked for Veterans Hospital. She oh. was a nurse. So uh, that evolved into a, a plane accident in 1966, and the person that got killed in the Braniff flight was uh, Jill Lockridge. Joe Lockridge was a state representative. Zan Holmes stepped into his position, and then Zan got other people to run for state representatives. At that time, it was just state representatives. So Eddie Bernice is a nurse who's doing very well with the Veterans Administration, which is in her district also, I might add. And uh, the rest is just about history. <laughs> wow. No. She was a mover and a shaker. She was, a, she was a taskmaster. I think that's a fair statement. She worked hard, and she expected you to work hard. And I will mention, just for the sake of her history, at that there were several school teacher associations in the late 60s and the early 70s. So her number one, uh, let's call it delegation, were school teachers in the 60s and the 70s. And of course, we're all familiar with Masons. The Masons were well connected around the nation. And there was a grand master, a grand Masov commander of the Prince Hall Masons. His name was Isidore Huddleston Claiborne. So she had all of these dynamics that was in her, uh, in, in her, actually in her district. So she expected you to work hard. If she asked you to do something, she was extremely thorough. And I guess that's the way our, our leaders should be. Did she start out in uh, Congress, in no. the U.S. Congress? Where, where did she get her start in politics? Well, she started out as a state representative. There you go, Chase. Yeah, Chase. And uh, that's why she was buried at the state house, right. uh, the state cemetery in Austin. And this is the stuff that needs to be added into curriculum in elementary schools. Absolutely. I promise you, there is no, you know, nine to 15 to 18 to probably even 35 year old who knows any of this. No. And uh, I'm, I'm so happy you brought that up because 
I, you know, one of the things I'm going to ask our politicians to do, I'm a media personality, is can we please put government back in school at the elementary level? Because yeah. we, we will be surprised that people will ask me, well, I call, uh, let's say, I call John Wiley Price's office. I said, well, why do you call his office? That is not a commissioner's position. For what you're asking me, you start with a state representative. We don't know who is where and what does what. But if we could put, I had it in school when I was in, I'm from Conroe, Texas. I went to Texas Southern to school. Oh, and, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now I'm in your territory. I'm going to lobby for you because I tell oh, yeah. you what, my, my, I probably have 20 cousins in, oh, my, between Houston, South Houston, Missouri City, and Katy, where the boys are. So I, I will certainly let them know that I talked to you. But we have, would you please, can we please just get government back into the schools? I would love that. I do have one question. Did you go to the Founders Guild the other day? The Founders Guild for the Democrats? No, for TSU. No, I did not. Uh -huh. I, um, my years at TSU was, that was, I'm a musician, and I heard you were a musician. Uh, I was something of a prodigy uh, on the piano. At Texas Southern and Jack Yates in the late 60s had a partnership for musicians. So I was going to Jack Yates, but um, one or two of my classes was at Texas Southern under this professor. So these partnerships are not new, and we need more of those exchanges, partnerships, for, for students. So two day, I think it was two days a week, and I was driving from Conroe to, to Houston. I was, at the, um, I was at the University of Houston with my music professor. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. No, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Such a small world here. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> no, I, went, I did not go down for I do have classmates that are professors at um, TSU now. One is Dr. Patricia Robinson. Okay. I think she has retired, and um, Billy Joe Turner. Okay. Okay. So no, we keep up. Try to keep up anyway. That's been a long time ago, Chase. <laughs> well, and you know, we, with with only a quarter of the show left, we are finally going to get to that thing which Chase and I were going to talk about, oh. and that is education in Texas, because that's a big part of the Texas state yes. budget mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's just sitting there gaining interest uh i mean you know first of all the curriculum needs to change uh mm -hmm. students are not learning i think they just started learning cursive again <laughs> but i mean they're learning this weird common core math that doesn't make any sense to me takes 20 times longer to do mm not learning history as it happened absolutely that's we got to put history in yeah because apparently Government. it would yes. offend some people well i'm sorry that's what happened you know uh the, so that, that that's one of the things we we need to adjust our our curriculum just entirely and music needs to stay in that curriculum because mm -hmm. they've proven that that you know, when you learn some type of music, uh, whether it even be just, you know, tapping on something, that it actually increases your math scores. Mm -hmm. 
Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, I mean, it's, it's a very vital part of, of school curriculum. Second, we need to, we need to pay our teachers a lot more because uh, I was married to a teacher and it's not, you know, 8 a.m. to, you know, 2.40 p.m. Mm-hmm. You know, it's no. a 4 a.m. to 9 p.m. job and it goes through on weekends too. And then they pay for their own supplies. Wow. Um, and it, it, the amount that they're getting paid for all the work and all the good that they do for our children is, it's ridiculous. Um, I think we need another COLA for um, our retired teachers um, because last I checked, they were getting like 44% of what they were supposed to be getting because TSTA just kind of spent their funds and, oh, I guess we didn't make it back. Uh, so that, you know, that's another thing that we need to change. And then probably the last thing and probably the most important thing is we need to improve safety on school campuses. Oh, oh yes. We can't please. have any more, you know, uh, Uvalde incidents, uh, we had one down here in San Felipe. Uh, it's just tragic. And there's no reason that any child should have to die by a gun wound. No reason whatsoever. I really don't like our children even being worried about what a safety is. Exactly. I mean, you're, exactly. you're concerned about, and I have grandchildren, they're concerned about, well, we're supposed to, well, do you know what we're supposed to do if we have a fire drill? A fire drill was, you know, a long time ago, was just a fire drill if a fire mm-hmm. happened. But now they're worried about where do we hide and where and what doors are li- as a, sh- a shooter drill. And that's got to be very damaging. That is not a healthy thing to even think yeah, about. No, it's, no not. it's really not. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, you know, our fire drills, like, they would have local firefighters come out. And we were like, oh, yes. that's cool. Yes. One thing, you know, we're learning. You know, we're seeing these, you know, yeah. heroes. They're talking to us. And then the tornado drills. You know, we, we knew there was no tornado, so we're just like, you know, in the hallway. Right, uh, right. But the, the gun shooter drills, they don't know because mm. it keeps happening. And the fear that they must feel, you know, when they hear that, that alarm, I can't imagine it. I really no, can't. We, we just don't want our children growing up with that part of life. But we, then at the same time, we haven't come up with a solution for it. But, but if we have politicians like you that we can put into office, and uh, there are some solutions. There are solutions. We just have a lot of forces that are against those solutions. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, for the sake of training our children, and even in daycare, I think I have a three-year-old, they... I just think it's important to tell me what is what am I supposed to do when <laughs> when as a shooter, a three year old, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> I I just I can't imagine. I am old enough to remember duck and cover, mm-hmm. where our little desk was supposed to protect us from nuclear holocaust, <laughs> but it never actually happened. These right. active shooter drills are happening yeah. because. Yes. Active shooters are happening, and they're, it's not just that they're happening in places where you would expect it, but they are happening everywhere. They are happening in our schools. The fact that in the past 
two decades, we have had multiple mass shootings at schools. We had a mass shooting. We had more than one mass shooting at an elementary school where little babies die. Elementary school, that's just heartbreaking. That is really just heartbreaking. And, uh, but yeah, I'm sorry, and it is one-sided. The, all the Republicans want to do is just put more guns in more places. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have so many guns in so many places. Did it stop <laughs> these shootings? No. 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 More guns is more gun violence. That's just simple, basic math. More guns, more gun violence. <laughs> yeah, it is simple yep. math. And if you're going to stop it, let's start with the AKs. Uh, we're not in a war AR zone. 40, the AR, the RAFs. We're not in a war zone. Our, our cities, thankfully and fortunately, our cities are not war zones. The AKs were designed for war. That's right. That's now anybody can afford them. I was trying to look for this gentleman who has started already counting the number of shootings for 2024. And this is uh, the 30, 29th day of the new year, and we already have people finding and looking up what areas have the guns and, and shooters. And it's, it's something that is not, it's just totally un-American. Yeah. Totally. I mean, and I will say, you know, and this is kind of a, a Republican, uh, backfire to that no pun intended uh, but i mean criminals are going to get guns regardless of what you know safeguards we put in or not however this open carry where you know anyone can just buy a gun yes, uh, yes, no yes. training no safety training no anything no license to carry is dangerous because you know those classes teach you you know, when to engage and when to not engage. And they teach you how to safely, you know, hold a weapon. I mean, we're in Texas. This is the Wild West. You know, so (laughs) many people own guns. I don't think it's too much to ask that we require a class and a license to own a gun because we do for a car. And I can go in my car because I've taken a class and gotten a license. I can go run over 20 people. And I mean, if if you've got a deadly weapon, I think you should have to learn how you know this, how, how to, to safely it. operate it, and you know. And Chase, don't leave out the age. The age is also very important because you cannot mm-hmm. get a driver's license until you're 16. Right. Right. Uh, you cannot buy beer in an alcoholic establishment until you're 21 or whatever whatever that age is, and show mm-hmm. proof that you are that age. Mm-hmm. So a lot of our young people are not responsible enough to handle a gun. Mm-hmm. So put an age restriction on it. Right. Yeah. yeah uh, the, there's no reason that an 18-year-old can't buy beer, but they can buy an AR-15. <laughs> that's just crazy. Is, is that not <laughs> I mean, that's insane? Absolute, that's insane. Absolutely. But yeah, where did you, I would not be surprised if there are some places in West Texas where you can get both. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. Well, I, I have a website that I frequently go to that is gunviolencearchive.org. And mm. there you just get the straight up numbers. Last year, 
the number of mass shootings was 656. That means more than four people were shot. And the number of mass murders, that means more than four people died. Four people or more died. 40. That was last year. This year, already, already, just 2024, we're one month in, we have had 29 yeah. mass shootings and four mass murders. That's insane. If you, if you want to check my numbers, this is up to the minute. Yeah. Go to gunviolencearchive.org and you will find the number of teens, 12 to 17, killed this year via gun violence is already 89. Ooh. Injured 194. We're only one month in. The number of children age 0 to 11, 23 killed, 34 injured. Uh-huh. In one month in this wow. country. And that's something we have to address. And it has to be addressed at the state level and at the national level. And that's why well, we need people like you. Right. One of the, one of the bills that, that, that I would like to get passed, uh, if not in a first term, at least as soon as possible, is that if a minor... Um, is able to gain access to a weapon and ammunition and hurt or kill someone that the parent mm. of that minor should be charged with negligent homicide or, you know, whatever the, the you know charge would be for the child. Because first of all, it's going to mess the child up. You know, they're probably going to have PC- PTSD because yes. they accidentally shot their friend, you know, showing off their dad's gun or whatever. Uh, so I think a lot of it is up to the parents to keep you know their weapons locked up you know or have the trigger tags um and keep the ammunition in a, in a different spot um and i think if we don't start you know basically charging them with you know having giving access to a child uh then nothing's going to change i think that's a start chase i honestly do because in one of the mass shootings there was a family that, that did not even know that their loved one had one. He lived in the basement, had ordered several guns, and they had not a clue what was going on. Mm-hmm. So you, at least if we can't completely secure our schools, let's know what's going on in, in our homes. And if it's not doing, going, doing right in our homes, then you've got to blame somebody for it. Well, we have run out of time, and I'm so happy that, I do that, all that the time. <laughs> we, we got to speak finally and talk about yes. Eddie Bernays Johnson. I'm so glad. we Chase was supposed to come on the show when we had our freeze, oh. as were you. Yes, that was yeah. a couple of weeks ago, so now I'm glad I got both of you on, and we got to hear your great music chase we're gonna hear one more song i remind everyone oh before we go chase tell everyone how they can find you on the internet on social media okay so on social media i'm basically at west f-o-r-t-x um 
except for TikTok because that's a whole different animal. Mm. I'm still working on that one. So we'll just go for the at West for Texas. Um, our website is www.westfortexas.com. That's F-O-R-T-X.com. And I mean, you know, I'm wow. definitely, you know, not your typical uh, liberal. Uh, I'm, I'm a fighter and I'm going to fight this thing all the way through November and uh, we're going to make some changes. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank Thank you you so much, Tess. I will send my grandson a note today about you. And I've got lots of family down there, too. So I will give them your information. West for Texas, F-O-R-T-X. Everybody go out there, volunteer, donate. We need Chase in our state house. And as I remind you every week, get registered, Mm. get informed, get politically active and go vote. And if you don't have anything nice to say, come sit by me. Now here's (laughs) one last song from our guest, Chase West. This is Wake Up Call. 